Thank you for tuning in to the Her Royal Roots podcast station. We are currently in a series titled, A Wise Woman Builds Her House. Lessons are taught by Holda Dawid, or a special guest bringing insight to the Hebraic understanding of what it means to be a wife, mother, or a woman in a Hebraic community. All of the insight we give is through a scriptural, cultural, or bio-agricultural understanding of the times in which the scriptures were written. By listening, you will be tuning into a live recording of the session. We are so thankful that you chose to join us. We hope that you are blessed. Shalom. Royalty. Royalty. Powers of the chosen people. Bible in my hand, word inside my heart, and pain before my eyes. Broken people wanting to believe in something, looking for a light, trying to find the truth. Father, we just come to you right now asking that you will just open up our minds and our hearts to understand your word better. That we can dig deeper and find the true meaning behind everything that you have for us to do according to your will. We pray that you will just ease our hearts and our minds in these very sad and dangerous times for our people. And that you will allow our obedience to go forth in order to be a light unto the world that will heal and bring restitution and redemption to our people. We ask all these things in Yahushua's name. Well, good evening, ladies. So it's a lot. I'm saying it's a lot, but I know that y'all will. um, It'll go according to how he will have it to go tonight. Um, I'm gonna open up with the introduction, and then Monet will. um, I'll throw out some. some names, some Hebrew words for the, um, or names for the, um, for our menstrual cycle and our, the cleansing period and, um, the different types of ceremonies there were. And then, um, she will fill us in on what she's researched and found. And then I'll, um, continue on with the lesson. The lesson is kind of, um, I don't know, it might be touchy, but it's the things that have been taboo, we're going to see why it all comes in together and how it really applies to our life and how, um, yes, that's the lesson. So, um, last week we talked about um, the redemption and we talked about um, duality and the um, duality and what was it? Um, ownership. Ownership. Like duality. Ownership. And we saw something awesome in that in that in, in that picture. We saw redemption, and we saw a a, a process, a, perp, a cleansing happen. We seen that in the garden. We saw that the blood from the animal. Um, made a chua and and 
Adam or um, clean, and it made it made them clean again for fellowship, even though it didn't take away their consequences. <clears throat> so, um, the same way with us, um, ritual cleansing and things were put into to uh, play in our in our lives for that reason too, so that Yah can dwell with us. Because like Second Corinthians 4 and 7, like I have put here, but we have this treasure in jars in earthen vessels that the surpassing greatness of the power may be of Yah and not ourselves. We are earthen vessels, <clears throat> but we contain treasures. We, con- we contain a treasure, and a- the treasure is the spirit. The treasure is the eternal life that has been placed inside of us when we obey and we accept the Ruah, um, we have something that is longing for a relationship with Yah inside of us, and a lot of us search. <clears throat> a lot of us are are looking here, there, and everywhere else for this, um, this redemption or for this relationship, and it's very near to us. And so my, um, my opening is, We've, we've read that the um, ancient path is extinct. And we've read that, oh, these are our ancient ancestors. And so these things have been lost and, gone and, and made null and void because of people doing away with it. But when scientists or biologists or researchers, when they go back and they dig in these artifacts and they are... Um, they're, what they're looking for, they're looking back into the beginning. Because we know that in order to understand where you are, you have to understand where you came from. You have to understand the beginning of existence. And when rainforest or animals are distinct, when rainforest or animals are distinct, what do we do? They try to preserve it. They, they immediately start to preserve and protect the animals. They protect the forest. You kill an eagle around here if you want to. You get rid of a bird's nest around here if you want to. You'll be in big trouble because they have people that protect that. And we know as we've been going through um, the Hebrew that protect or keep means shamar. So we protect these things. Uh, we're, we're supposed to do the same thing with the word and the law. And so... This is why today we're examining the cleansing and her bill and design and redemption from an Eastern thought. And Jeremiah 6, 16 says, um, this is what Yahuwah says, stand at the crossroad and look. Ask for the ancient paths, paths, ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find for your souls rest. But you said we will not walk in it. And so we see that so often. We were told what to do, but we say, oh, we don't have to do that. That's old. That's done away with. And then we wonder why we've fallen into this perpetual state of searching or loss because it doesn't apply to us, but we see other customs doing this. We see, we see other um, customs, I mean, other nations that have customs and they've adopted it, and everybody has something. So... I remember growing up, we've had, we had so many, they would say, oh, that's a, oh, that's a wives' tale, or that's this, or that's that, mm-hmm. where um, we've lost the ancient paths. We've lost the talking to our elders, 
Deuteronomy mm-hmm. eleven nineteen tells us to teach your children talking talking to them about where you talking to them about these things when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Somewhere along the way, we lost our culture, and no remnant that has ever been saved now remnant. Now, no remnants that have been saved are being, now remnants that are being saved are being restored. And Proverbs 3, 1 says, my son, don't forget my teachings, but keep my commandments in your heart. We are the bride of Yahushua, and it is our responsibility to be stewards of our mind, body, soul, which is a gift. So by using Yah's remedies, foods, oils, instead of like, now we have all these synthetic drugs, these things that alter our, alter our bodies, our moods. And our overall being. Um, so we're going to look at the purpose of cleansing, and what it was, what it was made for. It was. Um, we know that it was the purpose of cleansing was to recharge and restore our bodies, to replenish what is lost during this this life. We know that they say in this life there'll be tribulations, mm-hmm. and the water, the washing of the word is good. So we're going to look at why these rituals are good still today. We're told to wash our minds and to think certain thoughts, but we're going to go back to understanding how all three come in together, our mind, our body, and our spirit. Um, so without further ado, Monet, I, uh, we have some, some, I have some, Words like Makev is a um, Monet will, will um, expound on that a little bit more. Um, Nida, um, I think it's Tame, Tame, okay, and Tuma, 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 and so she's gonna go in and tell us what those are, and then I'm gonna go back into the lesson. Okay. So just wanted to start with a little bit with ritual cleansing and kind of look at different different cultures, what what people do to become um, prepared uh, for worship. And a lot of times you'll see people do things with air. So they'll burn something, some scent, some fragrance um, and fire. They'll use also use fire for cleansing. And we know that Yah also. Um, called his people to do that with the sacrifice, the burning up of certain things, and then again with the air, the the scents that he wanted them to bring. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so in other cultures, you'll see where they use things from the earth, like sea salt, and you see we still use that in ritual bathing or, or even bathing just for, you'll see fighters do that when they're trying to cleanse their system or lose weight. And, um, and then, of course, water. And so... Um, just bringing it all together as for women, when are we considered um, either to have ritual, to, to, to be impure, or to be unclean, and to be in need of, um, of washing. And so that's when we get into uh, the different times or categories when you're considered uh, ritually Impure, and that's doing menstruation, which is um, in Hebrew the word is neda. Neda, that's um, nun, dalit, hey, and 
Okay, and then in English you would spell that N-I-D-D-A-H. And then when we go to Leviticus 15, we see um, where it speaks about a woman and her flow. Mm-hmm. And the word used there, at least in my translation, was how the woman should be set apart for seven days. And so when you look at the surface, set apart, it's, or to be, shall be put apart, um, Leviticus fifteen nineteen. You think actually like removed from the home, but then when you look at the word that they're using, that's, that's nada. And so during that time, she is um, menstruous, menstruous or impure. And um, the origin of the word nada comes from nadad, which in English is spelled N-A-D-A-D. And it's noon, dalit, dalit. And that means to retreat or to flee or to depart or wander. And so... Um, so then I looked a little bit more at other words that stood out for me. And um, so we have what her cycle is, which is nada. And then you look at the word for to be unclean, which is tuma. And that's spelled in English T-U-M-A-H. And in Hebrew, you have, you have the tet, mem, aleph. And then the root word for tumah is tame. And it basically means the same thing, to be unclean. And so we're given in Leviticus 15 all the different ways that another person can be, you know, considered unclean by coming into contact with something either the woman touches or that she sits on, um, and they're required to wash if they come into contact with something that the woman in her flow has touched or sat on. And so the word for wash was kabas. And in English, that's K-A-B-A-S. And in Hebrew, we have the kof, the bet, and the samet. And that means to wash by treading. And then... There's a time when you're required to bathe. So during, during her days that she's set apart or that she's in her flow, uh, she is to bathe. And that word in Hebrew is rakats, R-A-C-H-A-T-S. And that's a resh. Yes. Maybe. I know it's not Saudi. I'll have to go back and look at that because I can't read my handwriting card. Rakats. And then I have. Oh, uh, ref. Ref. <laughs> Resh. Het. Uh, that's a. Uh, ah, uh, the het. Uh, what is it? Uh, Azadi. Azadi. Sophie. Uh, is it Azadi? Yeah, Azadi. It's a Sophie. Man on the side of the side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Reshkov, Zadi, Sophie. Yes. Okay. And then so that's when you would actually need to bathe. And so what was um, interesting for me was, um, you know, it, the Bible also talks about a man and his flow and when he is considered unclean. And um, 
the man is required to wash in living water or flowing water or springs. And so I thought that that was interesting that there was a different type of wash, like that the water had to be running and not to be a standing pool of water. So we could look at that um, at another time or to, to kind of see what the difference was there. And then we talked about a little bit about the, uh, the mikvah, which is the collection of water mm-hmm. to be used for ritual immersion. And so that's when you needed to fully immerse yourself in water. And it came from a living source yeah. as well. Right. Yeah. Right. But it was a standing, was a standing right? pool. Right. Mm-hmm. And, not, and not actually not flowing. The, one of the, um, the, the, I guess, one of the, sometimes the pools were like, they flowed, but not like, it, it had the water had to like come in and out. Right, it had, a, it had a source, mm-hmm. so it was probably coming from a living spring. A spring. So it kind mm-hmm. of did go back and forth, mm-hmm. but it actually pooled in one location. So I know uh, the 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 man who was paralyzed, and it said every home? time the pool when it comes and it and it stirs, he says I, they get in before I can, and right. I, I'm not able to get in. But we know now that there was a fault, or there had to be something there that was alive that like caused a, that water to move. A spring, uh, a geyser, geyser, mm. there you go. Um, mm. and the living source of water. So that's mm. what we're uh, dealing with too, because we know. Are you done? Yeah. Well, that what what's in the blood? Water. Power. Oh. Well, life. Mm-hmm. Life is in the blood. Mm-hmm. Yah says that. That's why you're not to drink blood. But in the in the in the blood is life, and so um, when I was looking at it at first, and as younger you look at it from that perspective, you're like, oh, we we get a bad rap. We have a cycle, and then we're told to stay away from people, or we got to be set apart after we have children. Because I remember even young, after you have a baby, eight weeks, you're not going outside. Oh, you're. <clears throat> I just thought they were fussing. I thought it was just old white, oh, this old slave stuff, but. Somewhere along the way, we've lost certain things, but every generation had an orator. But in our captivity, we became silent. And then a lot of our rituals were taken away from us. Mm -hmm. Um, Because once you take away your rituals and you take away who a a person's, anything they can identify, you take away their identity. And so what we do and have how we have been describing Yad tells us all the time is we do whatever all the other customs do other people do we're not supposed to do what they do we're we are the ones that set up that are that are called out we are the um a, a holy nation we are set apart we're the the nation on the uh, the light on the hill and they look to us but what they do is they destroy us and they take our customs mm-hmm. because it works um so i i used to think like oh eight weeks um and when I looked at Chua, and her name mean, meaning life giver, 316, that's what um, her husband called her after that. Um, you look at the scripture in 316, we say it's a curse, but also you see where he said, um, and the curse is, and you will have pain and childbirth, but in second, and yeah, you'll, you'll, it will increase in childbirth. And it says, but, mm-hmm. 3.16, unto the mm-hmm. woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception Seven. of sorrow. Mm-hmm. And then um, in 
First Timothy two it says, and redemption and childbearing. You you will have redemption as well in childbearing. So when he told her that, that was in reference to what it was as well. Yeah, you will have great sorrow, but there will be redemption for you in that, just like there was redemption in the garden. And you think about it, we have been given the awesome task of being creators of life. We partake in that. And so can you imagine when y'all put them out of the garden, what he knew? Like, okay, they have the same power, again, like we spoke about last week, to create and to give life and to give life to things. So if they have the full capacity to speak these things and they be or to give life to certain things, this is... I thought it was chaos when I kicked Lucifer out. It'll be a mess now with these people I've given my eternal spirit to. Um, so we see that redemption was given to, we have the power to redeem um, generations back. And um, it's also a picture of everything. I, and sometimes we're, it's said that we go too far with it. But everything I see now in the physical has a spiritual connotation. I put... He was like, oh, you're reading too much into it when you put spirituality on it. But there are only two. It's only physical and spirit. There is no other. There is nothing else. It's physical and there's spiritual. And then anything else in between is confusion, and that comes from Hasatan, and we know it. So, um, And we know that there's a constant redemption and sacrificial system happening right now in the presence of the Father when Yahashua gave his self as the firstborn from from the dead to be risen. And so what he's doing is what we're allowed to do in giving birth to children. We um his redemption is cleansing. We have the power to cleanse a cleanse a generation or we can contaminate a gener- generation. So our redemption and childbearing um we look at the um the amount of time a woman was supposed to be um set apart when she had a daughter versus a son. And the amount of time that she was supposed to be set apart when she had a daughter was, it was 66 days. Seven, 12, 14 days, she's considered ceremonially unclean. But for 66 days, the days of her, um, of her flow or her, of her, um, Say if Makev, no, not Makev, Nada, mm-hmm. goes also into her cycle. You have the second one, 70, 14, and then 66. 14 and then 66. Um, I think it's 14 or 66. I have it right here. Eight. Uh huh. So it says it right here in Leviticus 12 5. It says, but if she bears, um, there should, talking about the boy first, on the eighth day, she gives birth to a male. She's unclean for seven days. In the day of her menstruation, or her nadah, she shall be unclean. And on the eighth day, the flesh of his foreskin shall be circumcised. Then she shall remain in the blood of her purification for 33 days. She shall not touch any consecrated things, nor enter the sanctuary until the days of her purification are complete. But if she bears a female child, then she shall be unclean for two weeks, as in her nadah, or menstruation, and she shall remain in her blood of purification for sixty-six days. And these are the day. And when the days of her purification are complete for her daughter, she shall bring to the priest at the doorway of the tent of meetings a one-year-old lamb for a burnt offering and a young pigeon or turtle dove for a sin offering. And so um, then it goes on to say the same thing about the boy. 
And so when we look at this, um, we wonder, like, hey, again, why longer for the woman than the man than the male child? But the 14 days of her cycle, 14 days, you know, cycles are 28, usually lunar, um, 28 days, your cycle, and 14 days into that. And um, at that time, if she, um, after this is after the baby, but in the time that she doesn't conceive, those seven days that she's considered unclean is because in the blood, again, we say there's life. And so there was a potential loss of life. And so she's set apart and she has to cleanse. And then your body also has to replenish itself because in the, in the blood is life. Mm-hmm. So you are lit. We are weak. You're losing life mm-hmm. in this. And then you think about like, okay, then we were told to bathe in the pool with living water, something that comes from a living source. Mm-hmm. And if we know ecology and, and um, the ecosystem and biology, we know that in water, there's oxygen and there's minerals in our water. Now we got fluoride and lead in our water, all kind of crap. You see that on TV, um, and you see how we've been contam- things have been contaminated. Things are pure; they don't come from a pure source. And if we just go back to to the old path, we how much longer we would live? How um, what a, a better quality of life we would have at some point? And you see that you see that you know. Then women would have babies and be back out in the field working. Uh, everything was was less contaminated at that time. And Yah had these things for um, a, a reason. But the, um, the woman was set apart for 66 days after a girl was because um, she gave birth to another creator. Um, so they said that she had a higher degree of void missing from her because mm-hmm. the girl took more it takes more to give birth to a woman to another creator men are the progenitors of the seed um they are the givers of life or they plant the seed they 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 make a sacrifice but the woman is the the uh, creator of life she is the one that brings it forth she nurtures it and we'll look at this um um when we, as we go into our second, to our second point of, um, we are the temple. But, um, you remember when Yeshua said, when the woman that had the issue of blood mm-hmm. for 12 years, can you imagine? She mm-hmm. unclean, unclean. She stayed unclean, unclean. Um, weak, um, almost lifeless, but she was, um, determined in her faith to, just touched the hem of his garment because she knew that he was the source, source of life. And so in Luke, he tell he said, someone touched me because power left me. Virtue has left me. And in our, um, another one of the wise tells, I remember, um, don't hold a baby while you're on your cycle. The baby will get the stretchies and fussy and cranky. And I noticed that when, um, I had Carly, my um, goddaughters would come over, and they are very high strung. And you, you see that now. You, we, just like some of us have discerning spirits, some of us have um, the ability to really pray and understand or hear from Yah, or um, she would get re- really irritable, very irritable. She would be overstimulated. And so as you think about that, that blood, there's life in the blood, and the source of that... <clears throat> 
when a woman is on her cycle, she has hormones and different things going on. And touch, touch is very powerful. If Yahshua said somebody touched me and I felt virtue leave me, we have to, we can, we can line that up with the word of Yah as well and see that there is power in touch. There's power in the fact that she was empty and he was full. And when she touched him, she, she was able to draw something out of him. So think of how those older women were saying that, but they couldn't, they couldn't articulate it. And so um, it is, uh, I don't know when you get a chance to find the scripture for me, like James says, um, it is imperative. Y'all gave us two ears and one mouth, two eyes, one mouth hear and observe and then speaking was something that you did in due season or when it was time to but be slow to speak and quick to hear and listen when older when your elders say something because there is a lesson in that lesson in observation a lesson in um a lesson in observing and listening and um that takes us to the next point which is our, we are the temple. So 1 Corinthians um, 6.19 says that, um, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Ruach HaKodesh, who is in you, whom you have from Yah, and you are not your own? Mm-hmm. So we're told that we're the temple, and when you think about that, the temple was to stay clean and set apart. Set apart for um, Yah, for his purposes, for his use. Um, you know, when Ye- when Yeshua went to the temple, he said he turned the temple into the den of thieves. He was angry because his father wasn't able to dwell there. Everything corrupt and... and, and um, Profane was going on there. And again, that goes back to us. We have orifices or openings. We have these ears. And what we take in is in our, it goes into our mind. And so we see where Ephesians 5.26 says, put on the helmet of salvation. Because we have to keep our mind, only, but only, do, only when your mind is purified will you put on the helmet. Because the helmet protects and contains what's in there. So you want to wash the mind. And we wash the mind with the word. And we know that water is one of more than 80% of the earth is surrounded in water. And water is one of the large, one of the, um, the uh, highest soluble ingredients. Or, or uh, it's actually not a chemical. What would I say? Yeah, it is. It is a, it's a chemical, but it's not caustic. It's, it's for life, and it's, it nurtures, and it sustains life. So water is good for everything. So the water is good for the washing of your mind, for the washing of your body, for cleansing. Um, so we're told to, to guard our mind and put on the, the helmet. And in Hebrew, it's called the koba, which is the helmet. And it protects the skull, and that's how it was made, like a dome protected the skull and that is to meditate and to keep what you've cleaned 
protected. So once your mind is clean, you're supposed to keep it protected. And so that's the, the purpose for um, ritual cleansing is to, is to remain um, available. We're the bride of Yah. And he's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. And he's coming back for his bride. He's a spouse to us. And so you have to think about the things that we do with these bodies that we have been um, privileged to be stewards of, to live here, to dwell in. We have to continually pre- think, keep in mind that we are preparing for our groom. Our grooms, and, and we see that um, I was looking at Esther, and when Esther was brought into the temple, there was a purification process that took place, and it was for it was for twelve months. And think about the the diet. Their diets were pungent wheat, um, herbs, lots of herbs, bitter herbs, spices, and so you had they for a whole year she was being rubbed with olive oils and uh, herbs and things to draw out these um, the, the, the smells from the food in her body mm-hmm. and to, to ritually cleanse her body before she came before the king. Mm-hmm. And so um, when we see that picture, you see the same picture how Yah is, he gave us instructions, he gave Moshe a remedy for... Um, for cleansing, they had soap, and even in Exodus, when he he um, had them to come out, yeah, he gave them hyssop, cleanse with hyssop, do this. This gets it has antiseptic properties. It has cleansing properties. When Yeshua was um, born, he was given um, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. He was given his burial spices. There are rituals, and there are. Um, there are rituals for preparing for death. There are rituals for preparing for marriage. There was a cleansing that was prepared. So we have to think of the of the, the reason why we were given these things was to be able to be presented back to our Redeemer. Um, so it's not far off. It's not far-fetched to do these things, keeping our minds clean. Um, also, our... Um, this is what most people want to talk about, don't want to talk about is taboo. But when we think of, when we talk about our orifices and keeping things clean, mm-hmm. um, even our our vagina, and I didn't look up the Hebrew word for that, so if anybody wants to do that, um, that'll be cool to find out what what that what that word is. Um oh I'm gonna go back to that part two. Um we are our the way that it's set up, it has its own ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Again, there are orifices and we have openings. And Yah, that's why Yah says that sex is good in the, in the confounds of marriage mm-hmm. to prepare for the seed or for your husband. Mm-hmm. Um, it's um, always, um, your vagina has, we don't, we just all, we, reproduction, you get the, the brief, uh, class of reproduction in 7th, 8th grade and you're like oh okay this is this and then it's simple science but it's so much more to it we're so much more intricately designed our vagina and us as women we are absolutely when we think about when we when Yah when, when Yah or Yahushua talks about him being the groom 
the church is in the feminine, as we spoke about before, and he is preparing to come back to receive his bride without spot or wrinkle. And he created us just like the temple. Our bodies are like the temple. And in the temple or in the body, I mean, in our vagina, we have everything inside of us that's guarded and protected is for the sustaining of life, just like with the temple. Remember we talked about the temple um, and how it was in the middle of the community. And it was like the vision Daniel seeing, the will in the middle of the will, and it was the center of life and operated correctly. Everything functioned the way it was supposed to when things were done in order. And so um, we know that when Yeshua, or when a husband, um, proposes to a wife, he makes a confession, a confession or his promise to her to care for her, to keep her, to protect her. And then you see that the altar is there. And that's where after their... uh, the consummation or whatever there's the he's giving something the giving of his so he's laying down himself he's promising to protect her he lay down his life for her he also gives her his seed and then if his um in in the womb you have once the seed is planted you have the life the lamp or the life source which was the oil and you have the showbread, the nourishment inside, because we know the things that happen inside of our body when we know science or reproductive, the reproductive part, your, your uterus prepares itself aligning to nourish that seed that's planted. And so that's the showbread. And then you have the veil. And Yah is the one who opens the veil. It says Yah opens and closes the womb and ends the holies of holies is where the secret work is done. Or we know if the priest went in there and he wasn't, he wasn't ready, or he hadn't confessed right, something didn't happen. He dropped dead and dragged him out. <laughs> and the, the, the cleansing process was they tied a rope around him when he came out, and if that bell wasn't dinging, they just drug him on out. And then that person wasn't clean. But if the veil was, if he was allowed to go behind the veil, then he was able to partake in fellowship with Yah. And that's what happens where it says, Yah knit me together in my mother's womb and her secret parts. Um, We see that awesome um, correlation or parallel with that. And then um, the same thing with our womb. Again, it's uh, the place where life is contained and sustained and knit together. Um, it's it's so funny because I, when I was doing some research on this, our vaginas it says they readily readily restored, absorb and they are receivers and need to be clear, and so there is the per the the rituals and the cleansing process are to purge, because not only do our minds take on things, our hearts do, or the seat of our emotion, we have to cleanse that, and those things have to be cleansed, and it's so crazy. We've had um, trauma done to our bodies. You know, some young women have taken their self to the abortion clinic, and you've created trauma to your body. You've snatched life out of that. Well, what happens in your womb? Scar tissue is built, and they have um, built up. And so then you have women that have fibroids or, tum- or just 
aren't able to conceive. You have women that have been um, had multiple partners, and we know that when you partake in sex, the two become one flesh. So now you have connected with other these other people, and we know that you know they say that sex is and voices and different things are nostalgic and they bring up things. So we have to wash our minds purge our bodies. Everything in the Christian church will tell just to pray, pray, pray. Oh, pray this away, pray that away. But we know that in from the Eastern perspective or from the Hebrew perspective that everything is observational. And to say I know, I do it then. Because to say I know something and don't do it is foolish. It's of no, no void, but null and void. But that is the, the Western mind or the Greek perspective is to have a to be a dormant library, to have a head full of knowledge, but I don't have to do I know it. But to understand it, I have to do it. Because as I participate and practice, then I meet, people wonder why sometimes they haven't arrived. And, and, I, and it's because, oh, that's done away with. We don't have to do that. And so some people never experience that full... Um, like I say, every round goes higher and higher, but every some of us just keep going around and around like a mouse on a wheel because the, the, every round ain't going higher and higher because I reveal more to you as you obey more. Try me. Test me. See if my word isn't true. I have put these things into place and these ordinances. I have set them up a certain way so that you can participate in relationship with me. Purify yourself. Cleanse yourself. Do these things. Not just praying. We can, I mean, I get tired of praying. I, I used to. I would, like, I don't even want to pray. I just keep saying the same thing over and over. But, and wondering why nothing different was happening. But as I began to participate, I partic- participating and observing and doing, you see where Yah meets you. You see, um, we have this thing where every time there's a feast um, in September, during um, Passover, what what other feast was it? When every time we get ready to observe a feast, or after we've observed it, rain comes, and we rain has different meanings. But you see where the cleansing happens, where he's, you see that, hey, I'm participating, and I get to see the result of what it is we had the garden planted, and it, it rained right after we did um, Sukkot. It rained after we did Passover, and it was just a trip to watch. And it cleared right back up, but it was just, you know what? You feel like you're getting to participate in, and you see the uh, result of your obedience. Um, the, um, what other part of it? Um, what happens in the mind, we know, affects the body. Same thing with the womb. What happens in the womb affects the body because... Sometimes things that happen in the womb, you might not know somebody's been laid down with somebody, but physical changes take place. Mm -hmm. Same thing with the mind. If you don't cleanse your mind, Mm -hmm. physical things start to take place Mm -hmm. because you have all of this stored up junk. Mm -hmm. And you haven't cleansed. You say you have, but you haven't cleansed your mind. You haven't washed your mind with the word. You haven't um, washed your womb. Um, Excuse me, ladies, one second. Um, excuse me. <laughs> so the same thing happens with the womb. Physical changes take place as well when um, 
when there's a seed planted or when there are things that are there that have not been done away with. Physical changes take place. You have you have physical scars, mental scars. So ritual cleansing is good. Um, they were, I was looking at some things and they were saying that the even the the process of So the purpose of purification is for sanitation, detoxification, and preservation to preserve our, holistically, our whole mind, body, and soul. That's what the purpose of purification is. And Proverbs 22, 28 tells us, don't move the ancient boundary stones set by our ancestors or our previous generations. Don't look at the things that are set into play or that Yah has set into motion as absurd or or that's old. No, because when we think about um, the East, or I was looking at the where Yah, when he told Adam and I mean Chua and, and Adam to leave out of the garden, he made them leave out from the east. And when you think about east in the direction, you're going clockwise. And Ecclesiastes tells us that there is nothing new under the sun. But there's nothing new under the sun that, let me go right here. It's Ecclesiastes 1, 9. That which is will be, and that which has been done is that which will be done. And there's nothing new under the sun. So we live in a, a world set up in reciprocity. And the same way, we go out from the east, but you always want to come back to the Kadim or the beginning and see how far you've gone away because west is... As far from the east, <laughs> linear, exactly. And it's a straight line, it's straight across. But cycles and life goes full circle. So you see that even when they left Egypt or um, Kemet, they left out east. And what they do, they traveled on down south. And we know they went down. But they came up, they came up west. They came back up north, and they end up east again in the beginning, from right from where they started from. They absolutely ended up right where they left out of. So it's cyclical, it's cyclical and these cycles take place. And life happens in cycles, and you wonder why sometimes you repeat cycles, because you didn't get it. Um, and you have to get rid of some of the stuff that you picked up along the way. And that's why we were put into captivity, that's why um, we've been oppressed and we are oppressed because we won't look back to the Kadim or to the beginning, a time. That's what Kadim is. It's before time. It's a time. It's something that is already in front of you and it already exists. And we know the garden existed. It already existed. There's nothing new. Nothing new is created. So it's not bad to go back to 
the old way. Not bad to go back to the, it says, don't move the ancient boundaries which your father has set. And then another, that's Proverbs um, 22.8. And then another one says, um, with the, uh, about the ritual cleansing, it says, search me, yeah, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there's any hurtful way in me and lead me into everlasting life. And you see where David was asking Yah to cleanse him for what he had done. And that's what I wanted to bring up too. Bathsheba was cleansing. Now, it must have been her after a cycle because we know right after that, boom, she got pregnant. So she was out uh, immersing herself and he saw her. And at that time, she was purifying herself. People always say well, why was she outside? Uh, the living uh, water. Yeah. They didn't have <laughs> they had inside, inside bath. Take her mikvah. Mikvah and water. immerse in the living water. And so we know immediately after that. So sometimes people say, well, the Bible is silent. You be silent. But no, Yah gives you glimpses and clues. We are to look at the word of Yah like um, archaeologists do the earth. Like, um, like scientists do, they research. And these clues and pointers are here for a reason because we know that things have been diluted and convoluted and things have been left out to purposely distract us mm -hmm. from being obedient. Mm -hmm. And that's what, um, that's what has happened to us. We've lost our way and we wonder why a lot of the girls now, I look at them and I look at our, the state, I just call it the state of emergency. Um, the state of emergency that our, our youth are in because we're so, we've, we've gotten so far away from the old path. I look at the girls now and I say, um, I say, um, they don't have a, they don't have a point of reference to come back to. Because now um, either mothers are getting younger and younger or our elders are dying off or the elders are doing what the younger ones are doing. So now there's no point of reference. There's no point of coming back to this and seeing what the old path has to say. And so you see children raised with no manners. Um with no, just no, no structure, no governor, no boundaries at all, no respect whatsoever. We look at that then, um, our purification rituals in the process. We're we are to, we're to be cleansed, not to contaminate. And you remember in the um, camp, everything was, it was, he was on it about, the leprosy about spots, about mildew, about certain things. And there was a remedy for this. The remedy, and it, the remedy for that this sacrifice or the red heifer sacrifice was done the same way Yahushua was um, sacrificed. It was outside of the city. And everything outside, he was sacrificed outside. Some of the blood was taken into the temple to sprinkle on the altar. But everything was burned outside, and the ashes, though, were good for the whole community, for the cleansing of the whole community. And that's what happens with us as women, as mothers, when we purge, because we cannot participate in healing 
or um, anything else if we haven't purged. And if we don't purge, we contaminate the whole community. We contaminate our homes because then we become either clamorous women. Um, we become women that are angry and those things, that energy is passed on to our children. So we, there's rituals that we continually have to do. We have to continually wash our minds. We have to continually stay in a state of renewing our minds and praying and thinking on these things that are lovely and are pure and that are wholesome. And then there's um, the seed. You'll contaminate the seed. You contaminate the seed, what do you contaminate? The whole community. Because then the children don't listen. Um, That's interesting, too, that you say that because when a woman was on her cycle, um, when she was complete her cycle after she had her mitzvah, then on the eighth day she was to go to the temple and present an offering, mm -hmm. a sin offering. And so just what you're saying, you know, the things that we do hormonally. Right. How you have to wash. And then, you know, mm -hmm. after, after you're washing. Your thoughts. Uh-huh. The, the cleansing, it's, it's not done, you know. It's not done with just the wash. Then you have to mm -hmm. go to Yon. And present mm -hmm. and bring forth an offering, and that brings forth confession. That is what's wrong with us as a people too, and as a women too. We don't, we don't, but we don't have again the point of reference. Those people just, oh, just pray, just pray, just pray. But there has to be a um, a template for that, and so we have to learn how to be in relationship. We've lost mm -hmm. the. We don't even know how to be relational. Right. One with another, one with the opposite sex, because we haven't seen a lot of it. But the ultimate relationship, again, is the redemptive relationship that has been set into place. That is our, our guide. I give, I lay down my life, just like you were talking about last week. You were talking about the submission, the humble part. Mm -hmm. It's not that I don't possess the power to squash you or hurt you or to do certain things, but it's I choose to contain it. I choose to restrain this because I know that it'll give birth to something much more beautiful, much more greater. Again, that's the um, the, redemptive, the redemptive part. It'll bring life to my situation, to my household, to my family to other women if they see me submit versus them seeing me being clamorous and tearing down the home and tearing down the man and tearing down the community. And I teach my daughter how, we laugh about it, but certain things like, I know, I learned how to cuss at home. You know? <laughs> I did. I learned, and it's not to, I'm not to dishonor my mother because, again, there are certain things we come from a, female dominant family and the women did kind of run things and I know they could probably make a man feel like two cents waiting on change or whatever or <laughs> or or take away their masculinity because they were strong and they were strong in their unit and their unity but that was that happened as well in in our oppression during our oppression we had to we had to be. You had to flip the roles. It had to, and that's what we're getting back to again, to the Kadim. And the Kadim means the point of reference to the beginning, to that which was in front of us already. It was already established. 
and what was already established was family was the first institution and then there was um, relationship with the father and then there was government government was to keep us in check and we were to govern one another it wasn't supposed to be how it is now or the government tell you oh you can't protect yourself you can't whoop your kids you can't do this do this this ain't gonna kill you but it's gonna kill you you don't have to listen to the most high but listen to me else you'll be penalized and punished it wasn't that way y'all set government into place to um after he established carry out what he had already established which was his nation and so we see um we're clean to not contaminate. We are the um, progenitors. Are, we are the creators of life, and we've been given that task by the Most High. Our bodies are to, um, the purification, the cleansing is to take place first in our mind, and then we're to protect our, um, what enters our, our ear gates, our are the redemptive parts and again um like you said the bringing forth of the offering was to bring forth confession that's to learn how to communicate that cleanses too to purge sometimes we'll ruminate 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 we'll talk about all this and all that we'll talk about it to somebody who's going to feed that part of us and what happens is we wear a groove in our mind and we're not talking to the most high to give it to him so he can heal us Again, because we talked about putting on that helmet. Once we release it, you can put that helmet on, helmet of salvation, and contain the things that he's given you to meditate on. You know how meditation can take place. If you don't purge, you well, I can wake up. I can, sometimes I have to just turn the radio off because you can wake up hearing a song <laughs> and singing the song in your head. I'm like, I heard that song two days ago. Why every morning I wake up to the song? I'm, I'm reciting this song. Because I have to purge. I need to, I need to purge. I need to confess. I need to get some stuff out. Um, I think I'm done. I wanted to look a little further into some of the words. Mm-hmm. Um, like I was reading about Nadah, which is, uh, you know, the, the woman's menstruation or her impurity. Mm-hmm. And um, I was reading how they're, you know, positives and negatives and that this wasn't really a negative. No. But when you just look at the word, you see impurity, filthiness, menstruous, right. you know. And then when I went to the origin of Nadad, you get retreat, flee, depart. So I just wanted to kind of pull it apart, you know, because I'm like, okay, noon, seed, activity, life, dollar. Okay, that's a pathway. It's leading somewhere. So just kind of wanted to go into that. Okay. And get some more insight there. So I'll grab the ancient Hebrew lexicon I was telling you about last week. How it gives the word pictures. And it, um, well, it just made sense to me immediately at that moment. Because <laughs> I was like, with Nadal. Okay, so um, you do the word pictures. And then those word pictures, and when you have a picture of something, it gives you a whole nother, like perspective. If I, somebody tells me, you know, girl, such and such pool, such and such is here. And then the picture is like, no, a car was coming, snatched her out of the way. Her hair didn't have to be the closest thing. Right. Like she wasn't abusing her child. So it kind of like paints a bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Nada is the noon and the dalit, mm-hmm. um, is the root word. And it actually, obviously, the noon is the seed, fish, activity, life, mm-hmm. right? And then the dalit is the door or the pathway. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's, um, it means movement back and forth through the tent mm-hmm. or through the pathway, mm-hmm. right? 
And so combine these means continue back and forth. A back and forth movement such as shaking of the head. Okay, you see that? Like, mm-hmm. And the reason why it says head is because the door, obviously, either moves back and forth or shakes. And so when you go and you look at, like you said, um, uh, noon dalit dalit was one of them you gave. To toss, to be thrown about or wander around as nodding the head, right? Mm-hmm. And then you gave uh, noon dalit hay, I believe, was the second one, Nida right? is noon dalit hay, and the dad was noon dalit dalit. Okay, so... And the dad is the origin. Right, so noon dalit hay, mm-hmm. uh, obviously it also means to toss or to cast or to put or to drive. So, and this is obviously going to be kind of graphic, but when a woman and a, female, and a male, I mean, yeah, have intercourse, there's there's something tossed pretty much into her body. Mm-hmm. And so you have this idea of something being given off, right? And so with a male, every time he purges through sexual activity, the Bible says that he's unclean until sundown. Mm-hmm. You need to go bathe. And go about your way and don't be, you know what I mean? And then he has his offering. Right. And so, but for the woman, you don't, you can't just bathe and get the DNA of a person out of your body. And so, because it immediately is going to go straight up into your womb and it doesn't, I mean, some of it, I guess, comes out, but not all of it. And so you have to, at the end of your cycle, once there's no conception, then all of that stuff is then tossed or purged out of your body. And so this amount, this takes longer, obviously, <coughs> mm-hmm. than just a man just throwing his out and it's gone. Mm-hmm. Then a woman whose body has to push and take it exactly. And so um, it actually the the word actually has to do with a mound or something that like a mound or something or a heap. You've had this heaped into you, and now you have to pretty much flush it out. And not only does it carry with it the actual you know physical fluid, but it also carries with it their life force. And some and their emotions right. and all these things like people don't mm-hmm. believe that, but those things are also a part of that exchange. And so, um, like you were saying, it seems so negative because you put it apart and you can't touch anything. But really, like the same thing like with the Shabbat, nobody cooks, nobody not the servant, not the such and such, because everybody gets it off. Everybody gets this particular time off. Well, for the woman, everything she touches is then unclean. Why? Because she needs time to herself. If a man is going to find any way for you to have to do what you're supposed to do. So, well, y'all didn't say you couldn't cook. He said, everything I touch is unclean. Which means that this is the time where I get to literally set apart, refocus. You get to miss your family. If you just have like literally like one week off every month. Could you imagine how much better, how, how better, much better, how how better families would function if yeah. you just had like mm-hmm. one week, yes. even if it's during my cycle, because that's the perfect time. I might want to cry. I might <laughs> watch some movies. I just might want to just be left alone. I'm drained. I have all of your energy in me, all the stuff from the kids, but for a week, I'm set apart. Listen to this, because that's what I was going to touch on too. So researchers discover the powerful physi- physiological effects of semen on women's bodies, brains, and DNA. So this is how it's scientifically brought in. It says, uh, scientific term semen is known as a master regulator. Scientists have discovered how seminal fluid, would make, which makes up approximately 70% of semen's co- com- composition, has enormous physiological impacts on the female body and brain, including, among other things, the ability to activate genes, trigger changes in the uterus, Reduce levels of depression in women, make women sleepy after sex, strengthen the emotional bond with their partner more. 
the wide-ranging influence of semen on females physiology yeah is all about maximizing the chance of male reproducing says Sarah Robertson of the University of Adelaide in Australia further research conducted by a team led by Tracy Chapman in the University of East and Angela in Norwich UK has also found that males produce more seminal proteins when in the presence of rivals the discoveries were presented at the Society for Molecular Biology and Evolution Conference in Vienna last week. The component of this research which found that semen significantly reduces levels of depression in women gained much attention at conference at the conference. It if that effect is real is real, depression in some people might be treatable with artificial semen suppositories. Okay, we're gonna go past that. But it says the proteins in seminal fluid can quickly enter the bloodstream and reach the brain, having an almost instantaneous effect on hormone regulation, mood, gene activation, immune system regulation, ovulation, uterus receptivity to semen and embryo, and even the activity and growth within the embryo itself. And we also know that, um, you know, like, it used to be funny, thought it was a wise tale again. Oh, girl, a woman wanted to go into labor. Well, the semen... Softens the uter the, the cervix, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so it has the chemicals to do that. Or the like you say the where we get these little idioms from. You need some right. cranky. Mm. But now we see wow. where all these things come from. And you see it going to the brain. Brain. So you understand that one. It is obviously it's a it's it's there for a mental reason. It's a connection. So you have this connection where it's not always. Most people think that it's just um, an orgasm that gets you attached. But when you have a person's DNA, when something goes to your brain, then there's a DNA exchange. And so that's why it, the Bible talks about not awakening these right. things before the time, time because right. now that your mind has been altered by a particular thing, we know that when you introduce something as far as like drugs, when you put something in your body that is foreign to your body, your body mm -hmm. stops producing this for itself and now it's dependent on this from another source. And so if you take whatever hormones, whether it's these um, the oxytocin that's produced by sexual exchanges and then obviously the semen going or the, the fluids and the DNA going mm -hmm. to your brain, your body then is going to... Crave these things. It's going to crave these things. So when this, this gets depleted, then this person knows. Um, we're talking about that with soul ties, just in general. And so... Not only is it triggered in the woman, but it's also triggered in the man. Because you, the pheromones and the hormones tell you, okay, you need this, right? Like, based upon your attitude, based upon whatever you give off. And so it's just like, here's this for you. And so it creates a connection. And so some people, in, in the negative, it can become a predatory thing. Mm -hmm. Where now I know that this is going down. Mm -hmm. And in order for me to keep you under my spell, mm -hmm. I'm going to... Just give it to you, like, right when you're on the edge. Mm -hmm. Then you crave, 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 here you go. Mm -hmm. And so it keeps you in this, like, constant, like, influx, but you need it from this particular person. So you can see how there's a time to purge where Yah's like, okay, this is a time where you're clear. I've begun within the past year just to embrace that time because things become more real for me. Clear. Instead of seeing that I'm, like, oh, I'm so irrational, it's like, no, all the things that are pretty much masked between the joining of two parties and sexual activity throughout these 21 days where you can are once you become detached 
yeah, you kind of might annoy me, but you probably were annoying me the whole time and I just wasn't dealing with it because we were involved. But now it starts to become a lot more clear, like, I'm purging and, you know what? We need to deal with some things. Things come to the light. And so to be a part and to then to be able to formulate these things instead of being in the midst of all my hormones and emotions, when we come back together, I can say, you know what? This past three weeks... This, 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 and this happened. Maybe we should work on this so that, you know. And I've noticed that I'm able to function better in my time of purging when I don't have a buildup of things that I've been suppressing the past, like, 21 days. And so that's where the idea of toss comes from. What was your other one? That's good. Let's look at um, wash. Okay, which one was that? The Kabas. Kabas. So, Kaf Bet Samek. Kaf Bet Samek. Um, and I think it's half bet for short. I mean, for two letter root. Half bet, Sonic? Mm-hmm. Okay, for palm of hand. Yeah, let me see if there's a three letter root. Or to receive. Mm-hmm. Okay, here it is. To wash. Clothes. Oh, so, half bet, Sonic means to wash. Clothes were placed in the cleaning solution and trampled on. Okay, um, so it ha- so it comes from actually the root bet samik, which is very interesting, yes. huh? So backwards, not cough bet. But oh, it is cough bet, but it's, bet samik, okay. right? Because cough is like the actual bet. hand right. bet samik. So um, let me look up bet samik. Okay, so it means to trample or. Um, to pin in, so it has to do with livestock chosen for slaughter, placed in pins and fed to make them fat, obviously. Uh, the ground inside the stall is heavily trampled by the livestock and made hard and compact. So this is the word for wash, right? Mm-hmm. So um, tread, trampled, trampled, um, and it means to loathe or to be tread upon, to tread down and tread underfoot. Um, so obviously to wash, it, it, it's a vigorous process. And so you can see the body, you know, while it's purging internally, it's a you get cramps and it's vigorous and it's like, oh, you probably feel like you're being trampled on inside the uterus, right? And so the same, what all the things in the physical are mirrored in the, in the spiritual also to then wash the outside. Mm-hmm. to cleanse and to purge and to scrub and to because you know when you're on your cycle it's like you constantly feel dirty it's like you can't mm-hmm. even feel clean so it's a constant like scrubbing and washing you want to just get all ah. so that's why that word wash it's a vigorous process because you're washing all those impurities and those things away oh that's interesting too because that word is used for washing up the clothes mm. right you know and mm-hmm. then and then you are to bathe Mm-hmm. And so, um, bathe was rakats. Uh, so, resh. resh. What did we say? Ket? Sai? Hit, yep. Resh hit. Exactly. Okay. So, resh hit. Is it ket? Uh huh. And it's the word for what did you say? Bathe. Rakats is bathe. Mm hmm. Okay. See if it's a three-letter root or two. Add the two-letter, but I want to see if it's a three-letter also. Um, and it's stretch. Oh, hit. Sorry. 
Okay. Okay, wash basin. Wa uh, wash. It also means to trust. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. As a trusted servant who washes the master. Um, it also means wash pot or basin. So what was the word again? Bathe. Okay, bathe. Okay, and then um, let me see the two letter root. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, so it, it's interesting that it means trust because when you wash, when a person is washing, you trust that the or person bathing. is or bathing. I mean, you trust the person is getting clean. Right. They clean themselves well. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you see the vigorous, the actual, actual doing that they're actually doing it. Because imagine a person bringing uncleanliness. Because a man pretty much trusted, like, okay, when you clean your body, you're cleaning it, and you're not going to give me or transfer disease back to us, and then obviously back to our family, to our unborn children. So it has to do with the idea of trust, that you are washing, that you are cleansing, because sometimes people mask their uncleanliness, or and then it makes a person unclean, and then imagine a person, okay, let's just say a priest. Say he goes home, and his wife is supposed to like ritually clean, and they come together and they lay, and then he becomes unclean, or she says she's clean and she's not, and then you go into the temple and you die. Because you came in here and you was like, well, but I was trusting that this person did what they said they were going to do. The same thing with sexually transmitted diseases. You trust. Don't, you can't trust a person. Right. You have to know. Like, yes, it, there is trust, but trust comes from knowing. Right. And we see, too, where um, just there are um, different inferences in the Bible where what we're talking about is, is true. Sarah consecrated herself. Hannah did. Um, Bathsheba did. Hannah was consecrating herself and cleansing herself because of the infertility. So you can imagine they had the mugwort and the oregano and different things were, that were used to cleanse the uterus. There was, um, there's a, a reference here where in Numbers 19, Yah his, himself gave Moses an antibacterial recipe. <laughs> So cleansing is very, very, very important. And not just, again, like we say, I said earlier, when, I th when you think about things, start looking at them in a spiritual sense too because the physical and the spiritual are super connected. They're connected. You can't have one without the other. Just like um, we were talking, we, talked, we touched a little bit about energy. And we know that Yah is a source of energy. It says, and he spoke. And that vibration brought life. And it brought life. Mm -hmm. And so um, we know that um, cleansing is very important so that he can, there's the myrrh where um, the frankincense, the myrrh, you, you look at the Song of Songs and you listen, you know, we kind of just skim through the Bible and we don't read it for all that it's worth, but where she talks about um, anointing her body with oils and fragrance. And then we look in Proverbs where it talks about the adulterous woman and how she lays her bed with rose petals and the scents and all these things and you see how she's talking to her loved one about the um, anointing with oils and the eating of dates and the raisins and the grapes and so they knew certain things cleanse their body mm -hmm. so we have to go back and examine the word and we we um, there's so much in here that um, that we really just trampled underfoot because 
of again, mm. they even had mud and dead sea salt baths, mm. essential oils and spices, mm. and they were done for a reason. And people have gone back to practicing them, and they say you're weird, but we've gotten so far removed again with the chemicals mm -hmm. and putting the drugs in our body mm -hmm. and all these artificial things, and we know that quick yeah, quick fixes, but. Yaz put everything here, every herb, every seed, mm -hmm. every um, thing that, is, that bears fruit is, and seeds and nuts. And these are for food, and it's for a reason. We are created from the, the source of the earth, and we're supposed, to, um, we're supposed to eat that, and we're supposed to use what's here. But people plan, yeah, plan the most high. Got mad scientists, and then our bodies are reacting and responding a certain way to it too. Yeah, yeah. But we see um, so often, and you just kind of just skim over it. But it is it's the the cleansing. Mm -hmm. The cleansing is always always talked about. Let's look at unclean and clean really quick then. Okay. So unclean is tuma. Mm -hmm. Tetmem here. Uh huh. Tetmem ala. Tetmem. Oh. That was It says ritually unpure though, mm -hmm. and it's and it speaks about the loss of potential life. So you were touched when you had your menses. Basically, right. you were touched. There was That's a void. That's what everything is. Is unclean. Unclean. Uh -huh. So you were touched by by death or the void of loss. The loss of the potential life mm -hmm. was a reflection. So she enters a status of impure for the time of her. Uh, Okay, so it's the the two letter root because most words have a two letter root and then a three letter root, um, and I'll the both of them I'll give you. So the two letter root is tet mem, and you know the tet is a basket, snakes around, around, right? And the mem is a picture of water, water. and combine mm -hmm. these mean container of water. water. A bowl of water is used to wash off dirt. Practical, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So um, it also means to shut. The closing of one's eyes, ears, or a window. And obviously, tama with the olive at the end also means unclean, defile, pollute, right? And so, or pollution, filthiness, to defile. Okay, so um, to be unclean is for, for all the vile things to be contained within something. So obviously if you wash and you wash in a basin, then all the impurities are then in the basin. So then the basin has to be clean. The same thing with the body. If you are closed off, which means the, if the womb is closed, you know, during the time of your uncleanliness, the womb is closed. So at that time, its function has stopped. And now there's a pool of mm -hmm. water. Or mm -hmm. obviously yeah, blood is like down. so it needs to then obviously be purged or come out. So that's why it's unclean. It's not unclean because we always think unclean is like, oh that's nasty. Right. I mean, but there all the impurity has now pulled into one place and needs to be released. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. uh that's what it is. So a, a container of water. Right? Okay. And so same thing with the baby. When the baby's in the container, container of water, water. when the time is fully come, then it needs to be Released, it needs to be purged, and then there's time, a time period where then all the stuff that's been stored because baby's waste, and I mean, not waste, but you know what I mean. They, they pee, and then there's the placenta, and the impurities that the body transfers back and forth. It has to be cleansed out, like it's 
And then infection system happens inside too, right? What was that? They're ex they excrement. They have that that system happens too, right? Because they swallow the water, they urinate. Mm -hmm, But it's all sterile. It's all sterile environment. Yeah, but they do because yeah, they have. But it's not poop. Right, it's just solid. Yeah, it's well, it's just fluid. Fluid being recycled. Drink it. Put the same fluid out. Drink Mm -hmm. it. Put the same fluid out. That's crazy. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that, and that's where I said again with the womb being like the temple, I mean like the, the veil, the holies of holies where the, the where the secret things happen because that is such an awesome um, thing that takes place in our body. Something that's not bigger than a needle, the pin of a needle, and then grows into a complete human or life, but it has a living is a living, breathing soul. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. Well, now it seems so easy after we did to Ma, but it was um, <laughs> to her, to so Tet, Hey, Resh. And I guess the root word is uh, Tohar, but it actually spelled the same. So Tet, Hey, Resh. Okay, so and that was clean, right? Yes. Clean, purification, purity. Okay, so tet resh is a two-letter root, and it's funny because it actually has to do with the same thing. If um, the picture is a tet, which is a fence wall separation, right, and a resh, which is the head of a man or you know first person. Um, the picture graph is a basket or a container, and combine these mean contain man. A wall that contains one from protection, for, uh, for protection, I mean. So, the same way the womb is shut off because it does not contain anything mm-hmm. and it makes it unclean, the same way it is clean or pure when, it's contain- when it contains man or life, right? And so, the interesting thing is when a woman is carrying a child, I don't think there's a time within that period that she's unclean. Mm-hmm. Right. So, for that whole period of time, she's pure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. So, every time she doesn't, then she has to purge. purge. So, she becomes mm-hmm. unclean because there's nothing contained there. Right. Mm-hmm. And when there's. So, that's kind of an interesting thing. So, it means purify, purge, purifier. So, her body. And it's funny because um, a close friend of ours, I won't mention her name because obviously people know her and she will listen. Eventually, but she was had seizures, and I don't think while she was sick, though. I mean, while she was pregnant, she, was, she wasn't yeah. having any because your body functions perfectly to mm-hmm. to and I guess in that's the case most a lot with autoimmune disorders. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, people say, "I just wish I could be pregnant all, all the time because all my symptoms went away." Life inside of you, right? So your your body understands something about the life, and so because of that pure. Thing within you that has not been, um, I guess, actually contaminated by outside life, 
then your system tends to run pure. And you talk about the, I mean, the baby and its stem cells and all these things. That, I mean, you don't transfer blood back and forth between you, but that whole process, you know, and so, um, you know, they like stem cell research. Now they keep the baby Those stem cells in just in case the baby gets cancer mm-hmm. or they bank them because they're, it's the purest form of something that I can give back to you once your body has been mm-hmm. acted on by all the outside environment to put that back in you. So it's kind of inter- interesting when there's man walled in, the body is clean um, pure, and pure. Clean. And when it's not, then the body's yeah, unclean. Period. You have a period of uncleanliness. And then for seven days, you know how you're doing this and you're cleansing for seven days and we know seven, what, completeness, Completion. wholeness. And we talked about cycles. Right. So there's this cycle. It's complete. It's whole. And then when it's done, you go to yah and you all Right. And you get back ready, possibly, to then contain life. Mm-hmm. Like you're always purifying not for the negative but so that I can then be able to receive so I can be able to receive like be able to receive and just the abstract words sound so negative but then when you look at them in Hebrew you get function and it's not this negative you're nasty you're filthy you're dirty right and you can you can start to embrace the processes that your body goes through and it's not because you're just like I hate my period and I hate that tonight and it's like no, it's like you know what I mean blessing is gonna bring right and you can see function you can see how Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because if you, you don't never... have it, you can't create life. Right. Right. Yep. Okay. That's wonderful. Do we have okay. any other questions or last minutes? Okay. Jumble y'all up today. Nope. So next week I will go through um, a couple of things. So I'll kind of um, we're gonna expand a little bit just on a couple of things. I'm gonna talk about um, why everything is doubled. For the woman, so she's unclean for 80 days, and when she has a girl, mm-hmm. she's gonna clean for 40 days. When she has, a, I just got that today, mm-hmm. so I'm not gonna yeah. spoil it down. Um, the constant redemption and sacrifice, how the process is continual. So mm-hmm. to say that we're stopping something, obviously because we're in the New Testament or because Jesus came, is asinine. Because if my body is still functioning in a cycle of clen- cleansing and, and the purity, then I still have to function in a cycle of cleansing and purity. No, I'm not, you're not, you don't have a period for salvation. Right. Just like you don't bathe, to, you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to bathe once, I'm never going to get dirty again. Right. As I make any sense. So there are certain things where when they're contained in sin and where you're like, you're not, you're not doing these things because I'm trying to fix my sin. Mm-hmm. Now I'm doing it because they're functional for life. Mm-hmm. Like it, So, oh, all those, all that temple stuff was done away with. Really? So nobody bathes anymore? Right. You know what I mean? Like nobody has periods He's anymore. Like so, Jesus didn't do his job well because I'm still like right. Did everything did immediately go back to Eden, where now childbirth is all pleasurable and all? Oh, no, right. no. So obviously, it couldn't have been for what people are claiming it's for. Joe, just blood juice on everything. Right. It's not. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. So, what was the sacrifice, and then why are we still in these cycles? So we'll deal with that. Um, the um, we'll talk a little bit more about Queen Esther and some of the because it mentions all the things that she was cleansed with and we'll talk about how those work in the body. We'll talk about um, yoni steams. Yoni is just a, is a Eastern word for vagina. Um, so we'll talk about those and what the purpose of that was and why that was in Eastern culture and how you purge because we think and and. I mean, my mom can attest to this, and she'll explain it to you next week. You think that during your cycle you're purging your womb until you actually go through and actually put some of these things into practice and see what comes out of there 
right. when you actually steam <laughs> yeah. or do a more rigorous process. Yeah. And so we'll talk about that and how that functions. So we'll go into just there. It will still throw some of the biblical things in, but kind of. So where does menopause play in that then? Is that basically y'all's way of saying, so you've had all, you had all this, so you're now done. you should feel cool? Right. Like, and it's funny because a lot of people, because of buildup and not practicing these mm-hmm. practices, when they go through this time, they don't re- they don't reach the balance. All they're always it's like sweats and unba- it's it's supposed to actually come back to a place of just like, okay, I'm I'm clean. I'm I've, I've done my part. And if you've raised your children and you've had restoration, this should be a time where you just get to like you don't have to worry about being unclean. Like this is a time where you've crossed over into just being which they would call like complete. It's a completion of a cycle, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, a true completion. Right. And you can actually really participate mm-hmm. in it without, you know, right. right. Okay, so we'll deal with that too. That's a good one. Um, and we'll also deal with pulling out the energy mm-hmm. in different ways from the womb and from the mind. How to, obviously, once DNA has gotten into your body through intercourse and other things. How does it purge your whole system? Because, okay, it's one thing to purge your womb, but what about when it's in your brain? And how long it lasts? And it actually lasts longer based upon different children, mm-hmm. um, It's which is very interesting. So we'll talk about that and how to really draw all these things out, not in spurts, but continually. Mm-hmm. Actually bring your body back to that balance. It's a neutral. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Oh, it's not too bad. 